Hi, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. Where can you get the best medical information anytime and anywhere? Right here on The Smartest Doctor in the Room. I'm your host, Dr. Dean Mitchell. Please note this podcast is for informational purposes only and not personal medical advice. Please consult with your trusted healthcare professional for concerns about your health. So, we have all experienced the cuts and bruises in our lives, and many of us have actually gone, quote, under the knife, you know, for a surgical procedure. Afterwards, we are left with a scar that over time will fade, but just sometimes doesn't feel like our original skin. In medical school, one of my first pathology lectures was all about um, inflammation and healing and actually how scar tissue forms with the connective tissue coming in. But I have to tell you, for the rest of my medical training, I never heard another word about scar tissue or how it affects us. My guest today, Marjorie Brooke, is an internationally known educator and medical massage therapist who has spent over 30 years in her career uh, caring for and teaching healthcare practitioners about her expertise. You know, as I've mentioned before to patients, um, I'm pretty open-minded. And obviously, though I have a medical degree and I'm a conventional doctor and I do a lot of holistic medicine, I'm always searching to find people doing unusual things that I think could benefit my patients, that I want to learn more about. And I was really fortunate because I had a really smart patient that is a, was a mutual patient of Marjorie's and myself. And when I heard uh, what Marjorie was doing, I was like, I'm very curious. And we got to meet up and I've actually come to her as a patient. I think she does great work. And uh, I just really wanted her on the podcast to talk about her work with scar tissue and some of the other things she does. So it's my pleasure to welcome Marjorie Brooke to the podcast. Hi, Dean. Okay. So the first thing we will get into is scar tissue, because that's what actually got me interested in meeting you. This was all right before COVID broke. And if you remember, mm-hmm. we got to finally meet at a conference you came to. I was speaking and you came to attend, which was you know really nice. Um, but as I mentioned in the introduction, you know, scars tend to remind us of an injury or an operation. And sometimes also even psychologically kind of tells us that we're no longer perfect. Um, but maybe you could give sort of a broad overview of what, how, what you see, you know, how you look at scar tissue. And if you could even explain to some degree what a scar is. Well, Basically, um, when people think of scars, they think mainly of the aesthetic look of how it altered the way they look. But what people really don't understand is that scar tissue can affect every single system in the body. Um, um, It's, you know, I'm not saying that every single scar is an issue, but every single scar has the potential to be an issue. Right. and people don't even realize that the scar tissue is actually causing a problem because the doctors don't talk about it. Um, all the pains that people have or things that people say, oh, it'll it'll fade in time or it's mm-hmm. just going to be that way can actually usually be traced back to the scar tissue. Um, scar tissue is actually the tissue that replaces the tissue that's been injured. All right. And a lot of people you hear things about breaking up scar tissue and taking scar tissue away. Well, you really can't do that. Scar tissue literally has to be there. Every wound heals with some form of scarring and it's meant to be there. And the point is you just have to understand that it's not as effectively able to 
behave and perform as well as normal tissue. It's only about 80% as functional as normal tissue at its best. But scar tissue left on its own can have multiple issues and multiple problems. It can run rampant. It can spread through the body. It can cause restrictions. It can cause pulls. It can interfere with the uh, circulatory system. It can interfere with the electromagnetic system in our body. It interferes with the energy. If you're going to go with traditional Chinese medicine, it actually can block and interfere with everything in this in the in this in our body with every single system. Okay, I'm going to stop you because that's a lot to swallow. Sorry. First, <laughs> <laughs> okay. have it. No, I know. No, it's good. You always provide a lot of information uh but i want to try to take a little bit simpler and then no and then we're going to go deeper so again the way i visualize it and uh, you know what's interesting is because scar tissue could be on the skin as you know on the tendons on muscles Mm -hmm. internal organs i guess and i tend to think of again from my medical training as scar tissue being See, this is where the problem is almost like glue or, you know, that's like a layman's term, but the, the collagen coming in, which is not the original tissue, right? So just for example, I mean, if you get a scar on your face, I mean, you have what we call dermal cell, epidermal and dermal cells. Mm-hmm. And then where that cut is, whether it's, you know, done by a doctor or if you got an injury, that tissue comes in and heals and... It's collagen tissue, which is not the exact same tissue. Am I saying this correctly? As the original skin tissue, so it's like almost like a filler. Well, no, it's, part it's of it. Actually, it's a it's a uh, um, pretty much forms this is formed out of the same materials. Only it gets excessive collagen, too much collagen, because mm. you have collagen in your regular tissues. And what it is is the way the tissue uh, re-knits itself together. If you think of the mm-hmm. uh, collagen fibers as threads that are all getting basket weaved in to fill in the the scar where pro- formerly the tissue went like this. Right. Now the tissue's like this, and this is the problem. So it's almost like, right, it's almost like um, essentially like a sewing up of the tissue. Yeah. So, it, so it gets stronger because this is not, typically scar tissue is not as strong as the original right. tissue. Is that correct? Correct. So mm-hmm. at its best, left to, if it's healed as best as it can, scar tissue is about 70 to 80% as functional as normal tissue, which means it's not stronger, it's actually weaker, um, and it can interfere with the tension. Like your skin is meant to has tension to pull in a certain way, mm-hmm. but if you have a cross, now it can't do that. Now it's pulling. In, now it's, in there's some limitations. Yeah, it's, not, it's not moving the way it was designed. It's limited. And those pulls can end up trans uh, um, pulling throughout the whole body. It's like a one big right. chain. Right. You can have a, a scar on your shoulder and it could be pulling and end up causing a problem down by your ankle on the other side of the body. Wow. Wow. Does it matter also how old a scar is, especially like when you see patients? I mean, obviously, maybe until somebody finds out about you, their scar is 10 years old or, you know, or um, maybe someone's fortunate and they've seen you in the last six months when they mm-hmm. noticed a scar either wasn't healing right or was giving them problems. So does that matter to you when you're caring for them? It's, it doesn't matter how old a scar is. I've worked on scars as old as 80 years old and made a difference. Our mm. tissue is very um, elastic and we can we can alter and change our tissue. That's not an issue, the, fa- the, the, the connected tissue, the fascia. Mm-hmm. And as far as as soon as uh, the best thing is, is you want to start working with the body as soon as you have the injury and not necessarily working. You want to allow the first three months to allow the body to actually scar. It's supposed to scar. Right. That's how it feels. Right. Right. Unfortunately, people go after the scar way to the injury too soon to avoid a scar. Mm. Like they, they actually make a worse scar because they don't allow the body time to heal. Well, you know, a lot of times you'll hear 
I mean, I like I like listen to like with athletes, you know, that they go through all of this immediate um, treatments to quote minimize the scar. Is there such a thing as that, really? Or well, yes. If you if you work with your body the way it's designed, mm-hmm. um, very light lymphatic work, myofascial work, um, uh, very gentle, slight range of motion movement, mm-hmm. uh, and proper bandaging from the very beginning and you work your way into it with respect to the wound healing, then then yes, that's you can minimize and you can avoid um, scar tissue forming. Um, unfortunately, a lot of the therapies out there attack the scar way too soon or the wound while it's healing and therefore create more scar so tissue. They do what the is the, so what is the minimum amount of time before somebody should even consider scar tissue work? Well, there's two different stages. When it's first healing, within the first three months, you can right away, like in the hospital bed, if you want, start doing lymphatic and myofascial, which are very, 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 very light, very, very, very gentle work that guides the collagen and the tissue to heal mm-hmm. in, a, in a better pattern, in a proper, more uh, congruent to the current tissue around it. Okay. Um, gentle range of motion after a couple of weeks. So you can start right away, but gentle, gentle, light. Then mm-hmm. about after three months when the tissue is more set and take technically the wounds considered mature, then you can start getting a little more aggressive. And by aggressive, I mean, just going a little more in the idea of releasing the tissue and getting the tissue unstuck versus breaking it down and ripping it apart. That's the last thing you want. to Right. Do. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, is there anything um, with, I'll call them cosmetic scars, but again, you know, it's on somebody's face that they get, you know, very understandably sensitive about this. Is there any kind of creams or lotions or anything in the, you know, that somebody, you know, let's say they've had a surgery that's affected, you know, their face that they can put on that does help healing? Because they used to say, what was it? The, uh, there was a cream that was sort of based on onions. I forgot the name of it. Oh, I don't know that one. There, no, no, there that are one, a lot. Was, I remember, you no, know, I remember my son Stone, who you've met. Mm-hmm. You know, he was about seven years old, six, seven years old. He fell in a playground and he really got a real bad gash on his chin. And uh, we took him to this really good plastic surgeon, who, who sewed it up. And uh, and then he gave us this cream that was I I, I look oh, God, I'm blanking on the name of it, but it, it was based on really like onion. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there are a lot of creams out there, and there are a lot of there's essential oils. There are things. There's a lot of essential oils that you can put on that will help heal. My only thing is, like with a lot of the creams that are on the market that they all talk about, are based in silicone, and I'm not a fan of nice. silicone, even right. though a lot of plastic surgeons and everybody recommends it. There's oils like bio oil and essential oils. Your basic, your your go to since the beginning of time is lavender. Um, there's rosehip. There's all kinds of oil and all kinds of oil. Uh, what did what do the oils help? Why, what, how do they, you know, because I could understand sometimes, you know, it's interesting, like in nature, you know, a lot of people, especially from Europe, believe a lot of the vegetables or fruits or whatever have have some very, you know, healing ingredients. What What's in these type of oils? Each oil is different. Uh, the okay. rosehip or lavender, like in and of itself, lavender oil is from lavender. Rose hips is from right. rose hips. And basically, many of them have very good healing properties. Um, and there's uh, there's other there's recipes that will combine them and help facilitate the healing in the body, to support it and facilitate it. Okay. What about if we're talking about an internal scar? So meaning, let's say if somebody's had colon surgery. And, you know, I again, remember, I used to see these cases in the hospital when you would hear a story, oh, a person had 
you know, colon or some type of gastric surgery, even who knows, a few years before, and now they're coming in, they're vomiting because they have what's called adhesions, meaning the tissue just all kind of just got clumped together. Um, what can well, be done for that? Well, there can be a lot. First, what most people have to understand that every single surgery ends up with adhesions. If you're doing abdominal or pelvic surgery, like you mentioned with the colon, you're looking at almost 100% guarantee to have adhesions. Mm -hmm. And nothing is ever done to prevent that. Basically, um, right away, you could, there's a, a form of therapy called visceral manipulation, again, with the myofascial, with my scar work. Once we can get in there and working uh, manually, we can help release um, and realign the tissues. And uh, the one thing you, you do want to break down adhesions. Adhesions can be broken down as averse to scar tissue. Um, and it can be done. Unfortunately, nothing gets done until all of a sudden now we're throwing up. We can't eat. We're in pain. So then they go, okay, let's cut you open again and clear out right. all of the um, adhesions, which only leads to more adhesions and more scar tissue. It's a very how, bad how do, you, how do you do that? Do you actually, you can feel where in the abdomen the adhesion is from your, you know, from your touch sensation? Yeah, yeah sometimes you can basically feel, again, because we're basically all one piece. We're all right. connected. Everything's connected to everything right. else. Right. If you think of a spider web and you pull on one end, the whole web moves and alters. Yeah. That's basically our, the way we are. So as I manipulate and move the skin, I can feel a pull. I can feel a tension. Um, my clients will verbalize if that's where it is, that's the pain. That's like when I stand up, I feel it. Every yeah. time I go to reach for a can of peas, that's where I feel the pull, mm. just like that. Mm. So you can recreate it, find the area, and work systematically. You mentioned onion, which is ironic, but like an onion, layer by layer by layer down mm -hmm. to help release and reset and restore the tissue and the body back to function. But what a lot of people also have to understand, especially if there's major scars and major things, it's not just about releasing the scar tissue. It's about resetting the whole body system because you've been compensating and moving different ways than you were designed to move, whether it be it from the injury, the disease, the disorder, and then recovery from the surgery. So the body's now in a different mode of function, and we have to re-put it back on the correct path, functioning the way as, as best we can is the way it was designed to function. You know, what I found fascinating when I came to you too, because I had a scar on my face, you know, from a mm -hmm. uh, skin cancer. And, you know, uh, I asked you to work on it because I know about your, you know, how great you are with those things. And then you took out this little, <laughs> this little machine <laughs> and, uh, and, and it was like sort of like an electric buzzer. <laughs> I can't explain it better than that. And I was asking you, like, what does that do? And you were explaining, maybe you could explain to the listeners that how even scars have different polarities, you know, mm -hmm. so we're talking about, you know, essentially, you know, um, you know, negative and positive uh, forces. So how does that work? Well, the electromagnetic system that runs through all of our bodies is mm -hmm. negatively charged. Scar tissue, when it forms, it forms positively charged due to the when the blood comes in to help form the clot and form it. Uh, all the uh, the function uh, the elements are positively charged. So um, the iron, everything. If you look at the the the, uh, the symbol chart, you'll see the iron is positive. Um, so that that area heals in a positive charge. Now that's an issue because all of your healing agents, your magnesium, your potassium, and the rest are also positively charged. So when you have a positive end of a magnet meeting another positive end of a magnet, they go. repel. So not yeah. all of the healing agents that need to get in to heal properly will get there. So through polarity therapy, which is a, a, a therapy designed function um, solely uh, focused on the electromagnetic currents that run through your body, you want to flip 
the polarity in the scar back to negative. That does not turn the scar tissue into normal tissue, but it makes it now congruent with the tissue around it. And it's not going to block healing agent circulation or anything else that wants to go through. Is this like Eastern medicine? Because I, again, I've never heard, you know, till I mm-hmm. met you. Um, and I find this fascinating. Mm-hmm. I, but I, again, you know, unfortunately, uh, I, you know, I did a podcast, mm-hmm. one of my original ones with Kevin Tracy, who's really an amazing neurosurgeon and, and is considered the father of electric medicine, you know, but it's such an area of Western medicine that's not really even talked about. Um, so I was just curious, because again, you have so many, uh, how do I put it? You have so many different skill sets that uh, I was just curious where you picked that up. I mean, well, do, they teach that, do they teach that in medical massage? Uh, no, also? they don't. It was just a therapy so. that I... I, picked up, you know, as I was coming along and I came into, uh, mm-hmm. you, missed, you mentioned traditional Chinese medicine, the energy meridians and the energy channels that you're dealing with TCM is different than polarity. We have multiple, oh. multiple systems that people don't realize are running through our body. Mm. There is the energy system that is the traditional Chinese medicine, your liver channel, your stomach channel, you've heard all of those. Um, And then polarity is your electromagnetic current that runs through your body. It's a totally different system electrically charged system that runs through your body. That's the negative and the positive versus the energy of the organs and and the body that's running through with traditional Chinese medicine. Those are the channels that your acupuncturist is looking to or acupressure therapists are using to tap into. Yeah. No, I I think it's really fascinating, you know, that again, unfortunately, conventional medicine doesn't, they're busy with pharmaceuticals and surgical Mm -hmm. procedures and something that could be as healing non-invasive is the kind of work that you do and, and other people in acupuncture really has a place in the whole armatarium of caring for patients who are suffering out there. I want to ask what? you about, yeah. No, I was just going to say, uh, unfortunately, usually most of the time the medicines that are given are actually working in opposite. They're treating symptoms and right. they're actually masking or interfering with the actual issue. They're making the issue worse as opposed to healing. They're just masking the symptoms. Whereas when you're dealing with someone who's doing body work or acupuncture or uh, a type of healing in a different, uh, what they call alternative form of therapy, I love that they call it alternative when it was here first. Um, (laughs) um, That's, we're actually looking at the whole body, every system and working with, not against. And unfortunately, most of the meds do not do what they Yeah, I I think it's a really important point for me to just jump in here and and confirm what you're saying, because again, it was really uh, eye-opening to me uh, when I had over 10 years ago my ankle surgery, and the one thing the orthopedic surgeon warned me, he says, do not take non-steroidal anti-inflammatory medication if you're feeling any pain. He goes, it inhibits the, the healing of the tissue. And or and even not even just from a surgery, uh, they, I was I was hearing from other orthopedics that again they were even familiar with if you get an ankle or knee tear or any of those type of injuries. Unfortunately, of course, the Advil, the you know, which is a non-steroidal anti-inflammatory ibuprofen, will take away the pain, but so will Tylenol. But the ibuprofen, in fact, inhibits the healing mm-hmm. process. So I just think for listeners who may not like to hear that, I think it's important, you know. Well, uh, really, people are in, in agreement with you. And just an example is that on the other side, besides the regular over-the-counter, people turn to um, uh, organic herbs and things like that, and they think they can just take anything. Like, you can't. You have to really research. Like, if, for example, if you have MS, the last thing in the world you can take is echinacea. 
And everybody's mm. like, oh, echinacea is just an herb. It's great. It makes mm. you feel bad. But for MS, it brings the MS full blown. Mm-hmm. It's like the worst thing you could do. Mm, that's you really a great point. should never take anything, whether it's organic, considered natural, um, or whether it's prescribed by your doctor. I'll even go that way without researching it first and looking how it interacts with everything else that you take. Because a lot of people will take the doctor's prescriptions, not realizing that they're already on taking natural herbs because they're told to take it right. and they can't go together. But you never told the doctor that you're taking them because, oh, it's just it's just herbs. Exactly. You, you, get, you can't. <laughs> you just you just did the promo for my podcast next week. I was doing I'm gonna oh, be doing a solo. <laughs> I'm doing a solo one on the most dangerous medicines in your medicine cabinet. Mm-hmm. And really all of it is over the counter and yep. possibly some supplements because you have mm-hmm. to know. I mean, I, I tell patients this all the time because I have patients that come in a lot of times with like 50 supplements and I start, mm-hmm. I go one by one, I start taking them away mm-hmm. and I say, look, I do believe in supplements. I think they have to be very targeted. I also, from my experience, I like to hear from several sources that these really have a good record of safety mm-hmm. and proven effectiveness. Otherwise, why take it? I mean, just because you saw a commercial or a friend told you about, you know, et cetera, et cetera, mm-hmm. and, and realizing, yeah, bad things can happen. You know, just because it's not, quote, a prescription medicine doesn't make it safe or have no adverse side effects. So you you really brought up a key point. Well, another point you could add to that is in this in the United States, for those that are listening in the U.S., the FDA does not control regulate herbs and natural supplements. It is controlled in Europe. That's right. Mm -hmm. And other countries. It is not it is not monitored and controlled here in the U.S., that's why, like my one patient who I discovered was taking Echinacea MS, he was taking, he bought it here in America and there's no warning on no, that label. No. If you bought Echinacea in Europe, it would have had a warning label that said, if you have MS, do not take. Yeah. So it's more regulated. Really, you have to, no matter what, uh, and I see this because of all of my patients, I see many people with cancer, with um, coming back from severe diseases, from surgeries, all of that, is that you have to be your own advocate and you have to research. Don't just blindly put stuff in your mouth and, and take or do what the doctor says. Trust your doctor, have doctors you trust, but also research and be be solid and secure in your own understanding of what's happening. Many times people just blindly do what's being told and it's really the wrong thing to do for you, maybe just for you. Maybe you know the way your body works, the way you believe, the way you heal may not be congruent with the doctor that you're currently using. Yeah, that's so, a great point. I think that and what you're saying, and, and I, I really, again, I want the listeners to really take this home. It might be one of the most important things we're saying, aside from all the scar tissue work, is that find an expert. Um, find an expert in things that you're taking. And I don't mean just online. Try to find mm-hmm. if you can. It could be a naturopath. It could be a functional medicine doctor. It could be a really experienced holistic practitioner like yourself because – Again, you can go into a health food store, some other place, and be told a lot of things. You can see ads online. And again, yes, you're not getting those warnings. You, Europe is way ahead of us in controlling and overseeing these things. Mm-hmm. The United States, you know, there was a lot of upheaval. I remember this about 20, 25 years ago when they were essentially trying to really regulate the, uh, the what do I put it, the supplement business and boy they have a strong lobby i wish the ama was as strong as them they went to congress and they beat beat back all the laws and and everything and you know it was good and bad i mean of course people should have access to things but again doing something blindly is not a good idea 
or because the commercial that showed up during your right. game on your phone yeah. told you to take it. Yeah. Yeah. Quote, <laughs> yeah, that's quote flex, that's flex ice something, you know, icy hot patches. I, I don't know. You know, yeah. all these things, who knows if they work. That and not just the supplements, but also like, um, like there's a new thing being advertised for sciatica where it's a compression neon where you put keep a pressure point uh, activated with it wrapped around. Uh, puts like a, a pressure against the pressure point on your leg. And I had a client who bought it and he came in almost crippled because his leg had spasmed out because he wore it for 24 hours mm. and you can't keep pressure on a pressure point or an acupressure point right. for 24 hours. And cause he didn't listen. Also people, when you taking advice, when you're listening to what your doctor tells you in regard to uh, how to do things, what you should and should not do. You also have to understand that there, there may be time limits on, you need to be more thorough when you ask your questions because I have people who have not done things like I have a woman who didn't move her arm she had breast cancer and the doctor told her to limit the range of motion of her arm and when she came into me she had lymphedema her arm was swollen and she wouldn't let me touch her arm and I said well how long ago did you have the surgery and she said 20 years oh my god she was limiting the range of motion of her arm for 20 years because the doctor told her don't use the arm but she he didn't give her like within a reasonable amount of time. So yeah. you have to really break down everything that's told to you when it comes to taking medication, when it comes to advice for movement, for therapy. I cannot tell you that I getting back to scar work is I have patients who the doctors tell them there is no such thing as scar work and that scar work can't help. No. And then they go on suffering and then they come to me. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, and then they say, well, why did, or I have, I have parents bringing kids in after surgery and the kids have, and I start working on the scar and, and fixing the range of motion and getting the kids gait back. And they're like, well, why didn't they tell us about this from the beginning? I would have worked on the scar every day with him because they don't believe in it. And that's, that's the thing that's just insane is that they don't believe in the effects of scar tissue when it's the scarring that they're creating. Yeah. Well, this this is also, unfortunately, you know, I think it's changed a lot, but there was a long time also doctors didn't believe in cardiac rehabilitation, pulmonary right. rehabilitation. I don't even know if they believed in physical therapy. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, you, you well, really, you have to, you have to, as you know, we and I know, mm-hmm. you have to be your own advocate. Again, you know, mm-hmm. part of what this whole podcast is about is getting that information that empowers you. Because you see, I always looked at, you know, I, I like reading, aside from all my medical journals and heavy duty books, I'll tell the truth. I like People Magazine. Because, you know, sometimes you read about the celebrities and sort of, you know, aside from all their dating issues and everything, they talk about sometimes when they've had medical problems. And a lot of these people have access to some of the best and cutting edge people doing, you know, good medical work. Uh, you know, I want to transition before we go into something else really interesting that I didn't even know you did till I got to meet you. But I just before we finish on this area of scars, um, I want to just talk about sport injuries because that you know so many people try to be athletic, mm-hmm. and you know people you get on the I always say the only people who don't get hurt are the people who are laying on the couch. But you know you go wow. out there and you well even on the couch I guess you could get hurt. But yeah. you know the uh, but you know people that go out there and you know get ligament or knee injuries and you know, myself I've had ankle issues. You know the the old uh, the old acronym was RICE rest. You know, immobility, compression, got what ears. Elevation. 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 Okay. And then they start hearing about mice, you know, and, and not the kind that run around, where you movement, you mm-hmm. know, et cetera. What, you know, and then you see, you see sometimes a lot of the pro football players, again, they're getting banged up. They jump into those freezing cold ice baths, which I never want to do. You see other people go into whirlpool jacuzzis. Again, a lot of these other guys get massages several times a week. 
what is, you know, would you recommend for the weekend warriors, you know, the average person? And again, I'm sorry, one of the things too, you know, this, the timing of this was like, you know, it's interesting. I read an article a couple of years ago, there was, you know, people that were training for the, you know, for the marathon and the marathon is 26 miles. I'm not really sure why anybody likes to do that, but, mm-hmm. um, but I was reading the story about these people, you know, who had regular jobs, but like four times a week, they were going to physical therapy. Um, I mean, it was like a major, you know, another job to, to stay, you know, mobile, you know, putting all those miles in. So with that whole thing, what do you recommend again, if I came to you or somebody said, you know, uh, Marjorie, what's the best way, you know, to recoup after workouts, treatments, if you can give us some sort of generalized uh, guidance? Okay. Well, first off, everybody is individually different. Okay. But that being said, a proper maintenance program, like people see that exercise, weightlifting, running, that that's all they need to do. And it's not. That's when you're working your muscles and you're increasing your strength and that you're actually doing damage to the muscles as well. So in order to um, bolster and increase your ability to gain, to get faster, to gain muscle, to be more flexible, is you need a proper maintenance program. And by maintenance, I actually mean the proper way of stretching. Most people don't understand how to stretch, but a very good targeted stretching program. You, I, if you're going to be a weekend warrior, you're going to work out a couple of times a week. I really recommend at least minimum once a month getting a very good massage. Um, or acupuncture, uh, but I do recommend the massage. You need to maintain the body. It's, there's two levels to it. It's not just the strength training. It's not just the the actual exercise. You need the the stretching for the flexibility. You need the massage to help the body recoup. You need a proper diet that fits with what you're doing. Um, and you need to do everything uh, in a balanced manner. Um, like you mentioned, you said who would want to run 26 miles? Well, um, when you talk about runners, they're addicted to their running. Yeah, no. I have my CrossFitters that are addicted to CrossFitting, and they'll go and go. They don't care that they're injured. They still. I, I had I had someone who ran a marathon with a boot on her ankle. Oh my god. Yeah, because she wouldn't want to miss. Yeah. So once you're okay, there, so it you is. It's a, it's a little bit of a cult, but it's a good. It's, it's a, well, at least it's a healthy cult. Has uh, and I have people who are addicted to like Beachbody, which are the home videos. You know what I'm addicted to. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I have people like the home videos and they're working out. And part of the problem, like, two separate things, the weekend warrior, the running, or I'm going to add it all together. Many people are working out or doing their sport improperly. Like they haven't yeah. had the proper training or they're in the gym and they're listening to the gym rat that's at the boot, at uh, the dumbbells next to them. Um, you have people who are learning via video for their exercise classes. Um, and they're doing bouncing, jumping cardio without proper form, even in the live group classes. And the instructor never leaves the front of the room. Then they're not individually looking at you and how you perceive what they're saying. There's four gates. There's what the instructor wants to say, how the instructor says it out their, their mouth for the instruction, how you perceive it going in, and then how your body reacts to what you perceived. So there's four gates that the movement is going through. So by the time it gets through, you probably think you're doing the right thing and you're totally not, but you don't know that you're not. So you have to, again, with any sport, any exercise balance, understanding of how to do your sport or exercise properly and then do the maintenance. That's really the best thing that you can say. And also let yourself heal if there's injuries. You you can't keep, if you're injured, you know, if you're not going for the Olympics, (laughs) there really is no reason to be running with a boot. (laughs) 
No. <laughs> no, I don't think there's a reason for that at any point in time. But that's like the main thing. You have to give yourself many people, do, you know, and again, it's relative giving yourself time to recover, giving yourself right. time to heal from an injury or a surgery. Um, I know people who had cancer and had surgery and with a, a month after the last of their chemo, they're back at work at full time and doing their exercises and running marathons. And I have people that it's two years out and they still haven't gotten back to their lives. Right. It's, again, it's that's that's like it's like a loaded question. But the main thing is, is you really have to understand that there's a huge balance. It's not one thing. Just because you're really good at lifting weights, you could probably be 10 times better and not injure. I can't tell you how many weightlifters come in with torn muscles. Yeah. Because they didn't stretch properly. And most people don't understand how to stretch and what stretching is. And that's why people don't do it. Um, we were not, many people were not taught properly. We were all not taught properly. I'm a martial artist who grew up in a butterfly position with someone standing on my knees. <laughs> you know, it's like the worst thing in the world that you could have done, but that was standard. And they still actually do it today. You know, it's, it's crazy stuff. I've seen football coaches for high school. For the kicker, they'll put the kicker's foot in a shoe half a size too small mm. because it, it makes it a harder surface and they get a better further distance. But they're destroying that kid's foot yeah. as he's growing up yeah. in the time of when he's going through growth stages. So, again, it's really understanding and knowing exactly and understanding the sacrifices and what it is you're doing. You know, it's so funny. this is like the perfect transition, because, again, when I came to you, I um, as Patients of my know, I like to experience before I recommend my patients to do something. And I came to you just essentially to uh, see about scar work. But then mm -hmm. we started talking about stretching. And I found out that your background was extensively in being trained in active, isolated stretching, which is yeah. something that I... Is that correct? That's something. Yeah, so you know. that was my background training. I, I actually, my version of it now that I work with is integrated therapeutic stretching. But okay. yes, essentially the same thing. So, so, right. Essentially, I mean, because I had read about this and I kind of found it very interesting because, you know, again, everybody has gets different stories. You see people stretching wrong all the time. And then you hear about dynamic stretching. You hear about, um, you hear about static stretching. Mm -hmm. And the active isolated stretching or what you call the integrative Therapeutic session. Therapeutic IPF. stretching, yeah. It's essentially about not pushing to pain, to to stretch to what you can, you know, hold it for like two seconds, not longer, because something called the myotatic reflex mm -hmm. pops in. And if you stretch beyond that or push beyond that, you can actually injure or tear the muscle. So I was like really excited when I found out that you knew a lot about this and you know, I've worked with you on this. It's really helped my overall performance. As I said, I love tennis and typically would get injured all the time. Uh, maybe you could explain a little bit about your stretching well, program. Well, basically, the integrated therapeutic stretching is the, is the works with the body, not against it. Mm -hmm. Most of the way that we were taught to stretch was incorrect in that, A, we're loading the muscle, and i.e., we're using it or standing on it or, uh, uh, like, for example, um, the stretch your calf, people will go to a step and drop their weight uh, off their hang, their heel off the step and then drop their weight onto the, the leg to stretch the calf. But the thing that's holding you up is actually the calf that you're trying to stretch, right? Your gastroc muscles. So your brain is telling the gastrocs to contract while you're trying to force it into a stretch. Right. So you're fighting you know, most of the way that people learn how to stretch, they go to stretch their hamstrings. They're not in the proper position. They're either 
standing or using or leaning forward at the like bending at the ribs instead of at the hips and pulling on their toes, which is basically they're causing a lot of issues. They're not in the right alignment in order to stretch. So what you want to do is uh, I call ITS is basically positional stretching. If I was going to stretch your hamstrings, you're laying on your back and activating your 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 quads to lift your legs so that we can then stretch the hamstrings. Um, the other thing about it is that um, most people stretch in mass. If you're going to stretch your quads, they're going to there's the quads means four. Technically, there's five now. They found the little fifth one, but anyway, four quads. They'll do one stretch. Well, that's four quads with eight attachments. So I have eight different stre angle stretches to hit all of the fibers in each muscle individually uh, and all the tissue and fascia surrounding it. Uh, because it's not just about the muscle when you're stretching. Um, it could be your issues, your injuries, your adhesions, your scar tissue could be in the tissue itself, not necessarily down into the muscle. Like for example, your Achilles tendon. A lot of uh, Achilles tendon issues comes, again, most people like from gastrox and your calves being too tight and pulling on the Achilles tendon that it forms. But it could also be the tissue, the sleeve that's around the tendon is adhered to the tendon due to a, say, soccer they got kicked or from abuse. So it's not really the muscle pull. The tendon can't slip through the coating. The coating's right. holding onto it. Yeah. So there's the stretching itself actually looks at the entire body. We stretch the way the body was designed to move. And as you said, two seconds, the myotactic reflex or the stretch reflex is designed to go off if you stretch too long, too hard, too fast. And believe it or not, it's that so that your body can protect itself. It'll automatically tell after two to five seconds, it'll tell your body to contract that muscle that you're stretching to protect it and the bones and tissues around it. So if you hold a stretch past five seconds, um, you're it's you're basically essentially fighting which is why people are sore after they stretch or the stretch only lasts for a little while because they force the body into giving up as opposed to working with it and re-educating the body as to this is how you, you do have more range of motion than you think so all of those different levels come into the stretching it sounds complicated but it's really actually very easy it's putting you in the right angle moving the right way lightly assisting and holding a stretch for two seconds but I want to I want to put into that just one quick thing is just sure. a little the big rage right now is there's a lot of stretching franchises popping up all over the place. Oh, right, okay. right, right. Okay, I have years of training. <laughs> I'm a medical massage therapist. Just because you're walking into a franchise doesn't mean that the person that they're you're giving up your body to, and that goes for your personal trainers and everyone else, actually understand how the body works. They know routines that they were taught with not without understanding. They know how to, you can pick up a bat and swing it, but that doesn't mean that you can go to the major leagues and hit a ball. Right. Okay. So they don't have the basic understanding or the knowledge, especially please, if you are injured or have a disease or a disorder, that is not the place for you. Right. <laughs> but please go to a licensed medical professional who actually understands your body and right. the issues that you've been through. Right. Great point. Mm -hmm. um, is there any place like online, though, if someone wants to see any kind of videos, how to do some of the exercises that you're talking about? Have you done any? Do you? Uh, there's, a few, there's a few on my YouTube channel. There's a lot um, there's of me teaching classes and a couple. There's a couple of videos of me doing some self-stretching. Really? Um, okay. And again, yeah, I'm, very, I'm very particular when I teach and I give the cueing. But if you're going to learn how to stretch, I really recommend that you find someone who knows how to do the stretching learn from them and then use the videos as a reference point. Because mm. again, 
you might think you're doing what you're looking at, right. <laughs> but more than likely you're not. Yeah, no, I know. I know from personal experience, yeah. you know, uh, how it's so important. I mean, little things that even you've taught me, you know, that you could see when you're activating the right muscles or you're, you know, relaxing mm -hmm. the right muscles. It, it definitely, it's, you know, it's an art. It's extremely important. And it's uh, all about being, being nice, listening to yourself and being nice to yourself. Like any, uh, we use a strap for the self-stretching, as you know. Mm -hmm. And the minute I give someone a strap, they're like, Ugh! and they like just start like, yeah, right, them right. Themselves. Well, everybody's been taught no pain, no gain. You know, yeah, war and that's is totally better. Wrong. Yeah, I know. You want to know the secret? The secret is the somatic body, the part of you that tells all the muscles what to do and hear it. You know, this one does this one, this one does that one. Its main job is to keep you functioning. Well, right. it's a three-year-old. And if you treat it as a three-year-old, you don't force it, you guide it, you work with it like you would with a three-year-old. If you don't do to your body what you wouldn't do to a three-year-old, there you go. <laughs> It'll like work. That. That's good You'll advice. Get so much more. Out of your body, such a bigger response if you actually treat your own body as if you were working with a three-year-old. Doesn't mean don't do strength, don't do this, but it means don't force. Don't do it without understanding. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, is there anything else that we haven't covered, you know, before I kind of do a handoff where people can find you and stuff to anything else you want to maybe mention? Um, just that understand that scar tissue is a lot more than you think it is with the, the rise in, uh, C-sections throughout the world. And I'm saying the world, it's not just America, every C-sections everywhere, uh, are rising cancers, uh, United States. I'm from Long Island. We're the home, we're the number one ranked for breast cancer. A lot of mastectomies, a lot of people doing proactive mastectomies because of that. Um, all kinds of surgeries, all kinds of injuries, amputees are returning veterans with their injuries and they're from their wounds. Um, are not getting the therapy that they need. Scar tissue is a very, very big therapy. And th I'm not saying it's the only therapy. I'm saying it's the first therapy. All your other therapies will be enhanced and better performance if you take care and clear your scars first. Um, all those pains, all those things where people told you it was in your head that you know it's not really happening or it's just the way it's gonna be, get over it. That is not true. I'm telling you that there is an answer. Whether you're a burn survivor, uh, surgery survivor, accident, you're an amputee, you've been, you're a veteran coming back, you've been wounded in, in action. Um, scar tissue makes a huge difference physiologically, emotionally, and mentally throughout the body. And there is so much that you can do. And by addressing that first, you're going to make all of your other therapy more successful. Well, I'm a believer. I, I've, as I said, I've come to you and I've seen the kind of work that you do and I'm really impressed. Where can listeners go to find out more about your work, about your practice that they want to see? Um, for a person who's looking to learn about scar tissue for themselves, they can go over to marjoriebrook.com. Um, that's Brooke, B-R-O-O-K, no E's, no S's, just marjoriebrook.com. And uh, for other therapists who are interested in learning the work, it's marjoriebrookseminars.com. You can get to either site from either one. Um, I'm also on YouTube. There's a Facebook page, Brooke Seminars and Marjorie Brooke LMT. There's two Facebook pages uh, and all the other social media. I know it's out there. <laughs> we have it going on. Um, or at the very least, if you want and you just want to uh, have someone find out if it's for you, feel free to give me a call. Uh, my numbers are listed on the sites and everything else. And I'm more than happy to answer any questions for you. Terrific. Marjorie, thanks for taking the time out of your super busy schedule to come on. Um, I hope my listeners appreciate what you had to offer today. I know I do. And uh, looking forward to seeing you again. Yes. Thank you very much, Dean. All right. Great. Enjoy your weekend.